Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode, Sony Per is the co-founder of Black Trail Runners. Their mission is to increase inclusion, participation, and representation of Black people in trail running. Running with Jake, the podcast, because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. This is episode 41 of your weekly dose of running motivation. I'm your host, Jake Lowe. What an incredible weekend. Last weekend, a special mention to all the special people out there that took part in the virtual version of the London Marathon. What an epic event this was. And not just the runners, actually. It's also the supporters, the support crew. I know so many runners that actually had a team of people on standby to help motivate, support, whether they were on a bike or stood on a corner, ready with the energy gels or a change of clothes. Obviously, the the adverse weather conditions were not the best at all. And I think every single person that took part in London should give themselves an extra extra little bit of acknowledgement there because the weather was far from the best. I I was long running on Sunday myself with my girlfriend, Martina. I did see quite a few London marathoners out. And I have to say, it felt like I was in a proper event, Pete. I felt like I was part of it. it. You know, 2020 is a little bit of doom and gloom. We know that. And we need some positive stuff going off. And that was absolutely that on Sunday. Did you see any? Did you see any London marathoners yourself? I did, yeah. And and um, I, like you say, I was amazed by the support crews and um, and what was happening. There's um, a reasonably main road just up the road from where I live, and I drove up that in the car. Uh, and uh, there were people on deck chairs and people running past. It was really bizarre, but also um, absolutely brilliant. And as I drove behind the the runners, um, the, obviously they were on the pavement, I was on the road, and I clocked onto what was going on because I completely lost track of the date and what was happening in the world. Uh, and, th- and then I realised, I was like, flipping heck. So I gave them a good hoot. I was like, bah, 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 bah. and then I realised that um, I hope that wasn't misunderstood. I hope nobody thought it was a hoot of anger um, because only <laughs> Normally, do I go towards the the horn uh, when there's an issue of some description? Uh, and normally, it's a hoot of anger. But on that occasion, it was certainly a hoot of pleasure and support. I think most people that heard your tooting and hooting <laughs> would actually be very appreciative, Pete, because you know you, the the weather was just so bad, and it was great to see people out there taking to the streets, d- running the London Marathon their way. But what was so bizarre for me, and I didn't realise until I was actually out there running and witnessed this, mm. we were just out doing our kind of you know. Local, regular, long run, if you like. And seeing people with the London numbers on, you know, the bib number. Yeah, yeah. The Virgin London Marathon. It was a, it was quite bizarre seeing them. Almost to the point where you're like, Do you, are you lost? Should you actually be in London? Yeah. What are you doing running down the cycle path in Yatton, my friend? Are you crazy? It was just bizarre. You see, your mentality and my mentality are completely different because I saw people with London numbers on and the London Marathon branding and all that kind of thing. Uh, you thought, are you lost? And I was thinking to myself, God, I think I'm lost. Where am I? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I love people's tactics, though. They were so different and varied. Some people were running on the road. Mm. Some people were doing laps of, like, the reservoir near them, for example, or running in the park. Some people getting off-road. It was really mixed and varied some people doing big circular routes there were people messaging me that took advantage of the crossroad countdown technique and if you listen to the show the virgin london marathon virtual special last week you'll know what that was all about Mm. so it's really interesting to see how people were taking to this challenge but i do want to give a special mention to uh, my runner vanessa who was on the show last week we had a bit of a coaching call that we played on the episode of the podcast oh yeah 
How did it go for her? How was that? I was so proud. Honestly, you know what I'm like? You know what I'm like? I say this so often. I've got goosebumps, even just the thought of it. So we spoke about the dream time, your real time and your fair time. So basically having three paces or times in your mind that you might want to attempt to achieve, depending on how things are going, how you're feeling and the weather. Well, Vanessa, her dream pace, her dream pace of everything was perfect and the gods are shining down, was 9 55 per mile. So 9 minutes, 55 seconds per mile. Her real time was 10 minutes and 15 seconds. So that's the time that's probably more realistic based on the conditions and how she's feeling and how training's gone. She did 10.11. She did 10 minutes and 11 seconds per mile. So she was smack bang in the middle of her dream target and her real target. I was so proud. Just fantastic. Really, really good stuff. Brilliant. But one thing's for certain, whatever time you came away with, whatever pace you ran, it does not matter. You have created a memory that will stay with you forever and i'm super proud of all of you running with jake the podcast your weekly dose of running motivation out every wednesday never miss an episode by subscribing now now many of our guests have massive targets and goals we know that this is your weekly dose of running motivation but our next guest he's on a mission it's more than a goal it's more than a target this is a huge endeavor uh, sony per is the co-founder of black trail runners their mission is to increase inclusion participation and representation of black people in trail running sunny it's great to have you on the show thanks for joining us great to be here jake what is going on at the moment because this uh, i see a lot of what you do on Instagram your awesome work and I first saw one of the articles uh, I think you were being interviewed for Runner's World magazine which is why we reached out to you and thought we've got to get this guy on the show this is just awesome you know you you want to get uh, black people involved in trail running encourage them to get out there I know that you love trail running yourself which I want to ask you about but why let's start at the beginning why don't we see a lot of black people getting involved in trail running what, what, what are the barriers that's the question isn't it and um you know, there's no one answer. Um, it's a number of different things. Uh, so some of it is about uh, purely economics. Um, we know that uh, black people are on average less well off than white people in uh, the UK. Um, and trail running, uh, for all of our uh, assertions that it's a pure sport, you just have to put on your trainers and get out the door. It's actually quite expensive. Um, and uh, particularly trail running as opposed to road running uh, you know you need particular kit you can't just get out on the trails uh, safely unless you've got the right things with you um, then there's the kind of issue of uh, geography uh, for historical reasons uh, the vast majority of black people uh, in the UK uh, live in cities uh, so the trails aren't necessarily easily accessible for them uh, you've got to travel and you know we can't assume that everyone's got a car and these days not everyone's happy to get on a train anyway uh, so you know if you live in the Cotswolds great you can just walk out of your door onto some beautiful trails but if you live in Hackney or Peckham that's not necessarily the case right so um, there's some of that and then there's this rather more subtle idea that the trails um, are what we would call predominantly a white space so uh, people of colour don't necessarily feel comfortable there uh, because they are an oddity, they're unusual. Um, I mean, it seems weird, but and it's not universally the case, but people get stared at. It's, it's unusual to see people there. And if you're, a, if you're a black person in the UK, chances are you've had, well, it's almost 
certain that you have had sort of some unpleasant encounters to do with your race at some point during your life uh, and those aren't things that you go looking for you don't want to you don't you know you don't want to encourage that you want to avoid that and one way of doing that is staying in spaces where you know you're going to be surrounded by people like you and by people who are used to being with people like you so going to new places going to different places where you know you're not sure what the response is going to be many people will simply not do that uh, and we see that borne out in the facts i mean you know i'm glad you phrased that question in that way you know because some people phrase the question of what's the problem there isn't a problem right um and you know that simply isn't borne out by the facts we know that some simple statistics like uh, uh the number of people who visit national parks in the uk we know that only one percent of visitors are people of color uh and People of colour make up, or non-white people make up, 18% of the UK population. So there's a lot of people not going to those parks. Uh, so the question isn't, aren't, aren't they going? The question is, why aren't they going? And those are some of the reasons why not. Um, you know, it's not that as soon as you walk into a national park or on a trail, you know, people start hurling abuse at you. That's clearly not the case. Uh, but there's, you know, there's much more to... Uh, what uh, makes things accessible to people than that kind of overt discrimination. You know, the more I delved into your great work through looking at what you're putting out on social media, obviously various interviews you've done, podcasts previously, and the um, uh, the, the Runner's World articles uh, that you're involved in, and now speaking to you very early into this chat, it it's become apparent just how huge a campaign and mission this is and by that i mean difficulty because you touched upon there that trail running you know you think, oh, it's free just get your trainers on get out there new year new start let's lose some weight let's increase our fitness and all that actually there's quite a few barriers not only in terms of cost as you mentioned there's an element of education as well in terms of learning how to run properly but then when you delve into trail running it's the kit it's the terrain the environment and i guess you know you're an experienced trail runner from what i can gather you, you know you've done lots of uh, great stuff and not all trails are created equal are they so it's not just like you run on the road and i often say it's, it's wet or it's dry whereas when you hit the trails you see the seasons change you've got, you need different kit to uh, accommodate that and be prepared for that so that's quite a big barrier isn't it really yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a lot to learn. And relative to many people, yes, I'm an experienced trail runner. I've run, you know, more than a dozen sort of ultras and things. But actually, that doesn't make me that experienced. Uh, there's so much variety to it that, you know, you need to have been doing it for decades to really think of yourself as being properly experienced. I still run races now where I'm like, this is the first time I've encountered this kind of situation or these conditions. Um, and I don't really mountain run. Uh, you know, I Yes, I was in the Peak District at the weekend going up some pretty steep hills, but I don't I haven't run in the mountains as such. So, you know, that's a whole other world. But, you know, to give you an idea of the kind of uh, challenges that people might have and, and how we might make some assumptions about what people know and what they don't know. Um, I was running just in my local area recently. I you know, I live in Harrow in northwest London, but there's actually a farm not far from where I is. I do my regular five mile little loop and I go through this farm um, and it's a dairy farm so they have cows and there's this part where you cross a road and there's a sort of five bar gate one of those big metal gates with the kind of spring latch and things and I was coming to this last week and just ahead of me was a family or at least a mum what looked like a mum and two kids 
they were coming up to the gate i was running up behind them and i thought i'll just let them go through the gate and then i'll run past except they stopped at the gate and then they spent about 30 seconds trying to figure out how to open the gate it was quite clear that they'd never seen a gate like this before. They, you know, they were looking at both sides of it. You know, this got this massive pole at the top metal bar that you used to... They didn't even see that. It was like... And I literally had to open the gate for them. And it really brought home to me that, you know, if you have grown up in the city and, you know, you spend all of your time, uh, you know, on concrete, basically, in an urban environment this stuff is new and i'm thinking to the i'm thinking you know if they don't know how to work the gate how do they feel when they meet the cows on the other side of the gate uh what are they going to do then um you know this is you know it seems really silly but that's the kind of thing that will you know it's not preventing people doing stuff but it's making them think twice about it and that's what affects people's behavior right if i'm going to decide what to do on a sunday am i going to do the things which i know how to do and i'm going to feel comfortable am i going to go out there and take some risks well yeah some people are risk takers and that's fine but a lot of people aren't and a lot of people you know don't feel that they can afford to be if you like so you know it's stuff like that is uh you know we make some big assumptions about what other people's experiences are uh and you know Lots of people have very different experiences which lead them to behave in different ways and we shouldn't dismiss those as being kind of the wrong way to behave. Uh, the sort of basis of our campaign is that, you know, we know that not everybody wants to be a trail runner, you know, that's you know, that would be silly, but um, we think that trail running is a good thing. Uh, it, you know, it, get, it benefits people's mental health and their physical health um, and you get to discover some great things about you know the country that we live in and all aspects like that so what we're trying to do is just make it more possible and more accessible for people to do so if what's stopping them doing it is the lack of skills well we're going to try and help them provide those skills if what's stopping them doing it is a lack of support or seeing people like them a lack of representation then we're going to campaign to make that representation better uh, and we're going to provide people with a safe space so that they can get support they can talk about it they can ask the silly questions uh, without fear of being kind of ridiculed or laughed at uh, because that is one of the the kind of issues that you know is definitely there still uh, you mentioned the the runners world podcast uh, that myself and sabrina did um, when that went live uh, you know a couple of months ago within minutes of it going on runners world's website uh, or their instagram feed uh you know there were people posting why are you talking about this what's what's the issue there isn't an issue you know stop being so woke uh and it's like these people haven't even listened to the podcast yet they couldn't have done it was like you know an hour and a half long and this kind of resistance that you you experience is this is this black people is it white people do you do you know where that comes from yeah well it's a good question uh it is predominantly white people, but it's not exclusive to white people. You know, because again, if your experience is that it hasn't been a problem for you, then you know you may be tempted to think that it's not a problem for anyone. Uh, this is this kind of uh, sense of uh, individualism that people you know have to take responsibility for their own actions. That in some way society doesn't put pressures on people, which you know to my mind is pretty silly, because uh, clearly there are social pressures on what we can and can't do and what we feel able to do. Uh, and you know if you draw analogies with um, uh, gender rather than race, you know 
very few people would even attempt to argue that men and women actually have identical experiences uh you know in our society that they don't have different pressures on them uh and you know the same thing is true for you know depending on your race on your ethnicity uh so um the but the point that you were trying to get at that um you know how people respond to this it's it's this is something that hasn't changed and it's not it's not and it's understandable um you know this is the idea that as soon as you bring up these difficult uh, uncomfortable issues uh, that people will become very defensive uh, and the the process that causes that to happen is you know relatively uh, clear um is and it's really based on a misunderstanding of what is meant by racism uh, so when uh, when I or you know some of my uh, colleagues talk about uh, race as an issue we're not saying that everybody is a racist uh, what we're saying is that we all live within a system which is defined by race and so when we bring this up that's what we're saying but what people hear is you're calling me a racist and I you know and i and i i think racism is bad and i don't think of myself as a bad person so can you please stop doing that uh, and so their way of doing that is either to deny that this thing exists at all uh, so i can't be a racist because there aren't any races you know there, racism isn't there or it's to deny your own experience uh, and so say well you know you haven't really experienced this you're just imagining it well you know neither of those two things are valid positions uh, but if you begin to accept as as we have to accept that we live within this system which affects us all uh, then you know the issue isn't a personal one the issue is about how you respond to what's there uh, you know one thing I try and make a point of saying uh, is that you know it's not just in the heads of white people that this exists you know it exists in my head we've all got these biases and we can't avoid them and there's plenty of research out there to show that that's the case so uh, you know when I see a black person out on the trail you know I have an unconscious response even now which is oh that's a bit unusual and that's something which is conditioned by the same things that affect everybody else because of years decades of media representation of seeing who has power who has what jobs who lives in which places all of these things sort of build into our perception of what the world is like and how it functions and who should be doing what uh, so and if you refuse to recognize those things then you can't do anything about it uh, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to do something about it. Um, and as I say, we're trying to have a kind of wholly positive campaign in many ways, uh, just to give people the chance to experience the trails that we enjoy ourselves. You know, it's an important part of our lives and we know that it is for many people. Uh, and what we don't want is for people to have that denied to them, either because they feel as though they're gonna be threatened or because they actually are threatened or because they're not represented. That was a really long answer, wasn't it? I love it. We love me. long answers. <laughs> we love passion. We love energy. And we love campaigns and missions that you're on. And, you know, it's really interesting because you, you, you talk about things that affect people and things that don't affect people. And it's about the individual's experience. But if they're not directly affected, it doesn't mean that these things don't go on. It doesn't mean that it doesn't affect 
other people and i think that's really key you know it sounds to me like you what you're trying to do here is is give a a, a heightened sense of awareness i mean even yourself on the trails you see a black person and there's there's something even deep in your subconscious that's just perhaps more aware than if you were to to see a white person on the trail and, and this yeah. is you that's, that's driving this forward so it's funny you know because when i had this chat with you prior to the show when we were arranging this call and it really got me thinking to give you a very quick background on my sort of running it was predominantly road running i, I i'm from the east Midlands from Derby and we know that Derby has some beautiful trails and the Peak District I know you, you're no stranger to the Peak District didn't touch any of that I was from the city I was in the city and that's where I ran and then when I moved outside of the city not that far by the way just enough to open up a little bit more countryside I was doing country lanes and then sure enough I'd be doing my like, regular route and I'd run past a, a sign you know footpath and I just kept thinking what? what's down there and eventually I just thought <laughs> I thought stuff it I'm going I can't run on these country lanes anymore and that opened up a whole new world to me and if you can encourage other people and black people to experience the same joy that I got for when I hit those trials then you're onto an amazing thing but it's funny because I didn't until I had chat I didn't think about I don't see people as colour and Pete and I spoke about this didn't we Pete I, I'm just on the trails yeah, and I'm yeah. just I'm just running but that doesn't mean that there aren't issues and concerns and barriers to for, for certain groups of people getting out there and experiencing that so I think this is great what you're you're doing to try and give that awareness so what are some of the things that you're doing to be able to encourage people like you said trail running's not for everybody but let's at least give them a chance to find out if it is for them or not Right at the start, we just set up some social media channels so that we could start, uh, you know, getting the message out there, um, showing images of people who look like us doing, you know, these things out on the trails. Uh, we've also got a, uh, a private uh, Facebook group, so people can join that. I mean, it's open to anybody. You don't have to be black to be a member. Um, but it's designed to be a space where people can feel safe to just talk about, you know, the issues, talk about their experiences. I mean, a lot of it is very celebratory. It's, you know, what did you do this weekend? Well, I discovered this new trail. I went and did this or I'm running this. Uh, and not and know that they're not going to get judged uh, in any kind of inappropriate way. Um, so, you know, that that's encouraging. And then the practical side of this is uh, actually enabling people to uh, learn new skills uh, to go out on the trail. So we've got our first uh, trail running uh, workshop uh, uh, this coming weekend. Uh, that's in uh, Wendover, which is a, a well-known uh, venue for trail runners. We're working with Centurion Running to just introduce some people to the trails. It's small, uh, but it's, you know, every person that we can get to learn, you know, how to run in the woods, how to run down and up hills and uh, what sort of kit to have and what sort of nutrition you need to think about. You know, that that's someone who can then go out and, you know, spread that as well uh, with other people. Our first campaign was uh, talking to uh, events uh, or event organisers, asking them to collect ethnic data about their entrance because one of the issues that we saw right at the start was that people would say oh there don't seem to be many black runners uh, but no one could answer the question well how many are there right uh, because no one collected the information uh, and you know it's that kind of old truism people do what gets measured uh, so if we you know, a lot of this has been done on gender. We've seen race organisers do that in recent years, trying to increase the proportion of female runners in their events. Uh, and we're just trying to replicate that uh, in terms of uh, ethnicity. Uh, the weekend just passed. Uh, 
Uh, a few of us, we'd been working with uh, Ultra X, which is a, a, a event company who do uh, ultra marathons all around the world. And they did their first UK or their first English uh, based ultra uh, at the weekend in the Peak District. Uh, and four of our members, including two of our co-founders, uh, we ran that race at the weekend. And we even even at that point, we were thinking this might be the highest proportion of black people in one trail race in the UK that anyone's ever seen. Uh, and then when we were there, we saw two other black people in the race and we're like, there's six of us here. Wow. <laughs> this is like, this is almost, almost actually what the percentage ought to be if we were equally represented here. Uh, so yeah, that, that felt like a real, uh, a real sort of advance, but that's how crazy it is. It's like, what, there are six people here who aren't white. And again, it's not about you know the people there not welcoming us or anything like that you know we had a lovely time uh but we felt so much better having that time and felt so much comfortable knowing that you know we wouldn't turn up and be the only black person there which is quite often the way and that's not necessarily a comfortable place to be uh you know if like me you've grown up in the uk since the i'm going to give my age away you know since the 60s uh then uh, you look good you look good Oh well, it's all the running. We've got you on Zoom right, here. So, you look yeah, good. Running, running keeps you young. So um, yeah, great advert for running, Shani. Keep going, man. Keep going. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm actually 85. Yeah. It's, um, so you know, since I've been growing up in the UK, mm. um, you know, I was born in Yorkshire, uh, and Yorkshire in the 1970s is a pretty white place. Certainly, I was in a village. Mm. I wasn't in a city. Um, and you know, I went to school. I was the only black person there. I went to high school. I was the only black person there. I went to university. I was the only black person in my college. I turn up at work, you know, not unusual for me to be the only black person in my work environment so this isn't a new experience but it's not one that you really want to keep repeating if you can avoid it it's quite <laughs> nice to be around people who don't look at you as though you're odd and don't ask you ridiculous questions about your hair and about where you come from uh so uh you know that sort of support of having allies there of having other people like you you know is really really important i mean we've all you know we've all done things where it's been the first time we've done something and it's been great to have someone with us who supports us doing that either they've done it before or they're taking the risk with us for the first time uh, that can make a big difference and so that's part of what we're trying to provide in in this group as well how did you get into trail running yourself i mean you say you're from yorkshire you've got it on your doorstep a friend of mine in my local running club uh she uh had been doing ultras uh, and she entered a, a trail marathon in Sussex uh, and I think she just put out a general kind of shout to people whether they want to join her and I'd been kind of looking at her runs thinking yeah, that looks really interesting and so I said yeah I'll come and do that and ran this trail marathon in Sussex and just really loved it it was just a totally different experience to running a sort of city marathon uh, you know all kinds of different landscapes you know woods and fields and you know animals uh you know just the whole package i mean i love the feel of the leaves underfoot you know we're coming into autumn now and you know the colors on the trees for me it's the best time to run and the best time to hit the trails and also i think it's a little safer as well because there's a bit more give underfoot rather than when you're running in the trails through the summer depending on how uh, uh, uh let's say aggressive the trails are how challenging they are it can be a little bit harder on the feet and the ankle so i'm really looking forward to 
to that. Mm. As a non-running guy, obviously I sit here, and I hate to dumb it down a little bit here, guys, <clears throat> but um, it sounds absolutely beautiful, and um, all the things that you describe are great, but for me, it would be much more enjoyable if there were a quad bike available. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe we could do an outing together, uh, uh, and I could, I could hire one. You could be the pacer. You could be Pacer Pete. Uh, I'll be the... Good idea, yes. I, I always want a job here. Sort of. Uh, He's yeah, honest. I, I, I see where you're coming from, and there are times when I'm out there where I would actually quite like to get on two or four wheels. But the thing is, some of the best places that you get to, a bike would never get you there. Uh, you know, some, some of those climbs, true, some yeah. of those trails... You can only do it on foot. Uh, I'm completely oh, with you. You've got <laughs> we're in 2020 as we speak, Sonny. The world is crazy. We know that. We all know what's going off. We're talking about it every day. We don't need to get into that. But I think there are certain positives. I sense, and I don't know if you feel this as well, that there's uh, many campaigns that are happening. There's lots of big uh, pushes for things across um, a broad array of different areas, whether that's equality for women, whether that's uh, climate change. There seems to be a lot of support, a lot of campaigns, people getting behind it. Is this a good time for you? Is this a good time to raise this awareness? Or does that not make any difference? It feels like it's making progress. But as I say, you know, this is a this is always going to be a long term thing. It's not something that can change overnight. And it's hard work and it has you have to have persistence. Um I had this brought home to me very personally recently. So, and so this is my second cousin. He's in America, uh, and um, I mean, it's, this is actually really hard to say, frankly. But um, he was uh, wrongly convicted of murdering his own mother when he was sixteen in 1989. Uh, and uh, if you seen the Netflix documentary uh, When They See Us, which is about the Central Park Five, who are a group of five black teenagers who were wrongly convicted of raping a woman in Central Park in 1989, uh, literally three months after my cousin was uh, uh, wrongfully uh, convicted of uh, his mother's murder. Uh, he served 20 years in prison, uh, was released in 2009, and only last year he was exonerated and uh, his uh, conviction was overturned uh, because it was based on a uh, coerced uh, false confession uh, by corrupt police officers and a corrupt uh, attorney uh, prosecuting in New York City. Now, he, you know, we can think that things have changed quite a lot since 1989, uh, but... Uh, a, you know, that's well within my lifetime. You know, I was just graduating university. In fact, I was in New York in 1989, uh, celebrating getting my degree. Uh, so, uh, and I would have no idea that that sort of stuff was going on. Uh, and uh, I spoke to him uh, with other members of my family yet just yesterday in a kind of family Zoom call. Uh, and the point that he made was that... Um, that seems like a long time ago, and he spent a lot of that time in prison. Um, and he's come out, and now he's, you know, not only a free man, but, you know, an innocent man. Um, and yet, this is 2020, and some of the same stuff is still going on. Uh, yes, there's a response to it, but it's still happening. Uh, the point, you know, really shocking point he made to me, uh, to all of us, was that the attorney who was involved in convicting him, who clearly was corrupt, basically, uh, that attorney is currently a judge uh, in Queens in New York. 
that's how unchanged the system is. Uh, that's how long things take to change. So, you know, he's now an innocent man, but he's campaigning to, you know, get justice uh, or get accountability for the people responsible for doing that to him 30 years ago. So although absolutely I see some positive signs uh, and I see a lot of, you know, receptivity to the message, um, you know, I'm under no illusion that we are close to getting this behind us. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of systemic, endemic issues that we have to deal with. And I'm sorry to sort of put a downer on things like that, but that's a reality that we have to acknowledge. Please don't apologise. I, I really appreciate you sharing that with us, Sonny. You uh, clearly are a man on, on a mission. There's, there's no question there. There's a lot of work ahead of you. There's a mountain to climb. You've climbed a few. You're no stranger to that, and I'm sure you will get there uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Tell me a little bit about the podcast that you've got uh, launching soon, I believe, or when people listen to this, it will no doubt be live, and this is the checkpoint. It's already live. Uh, it went live on Saturday. Um, so uh, it's a yeah a new ch new podcast called The Checkpoint uh, by Black Trail Runners, uh, and our first uh, episode uh, features Corey Waltering, uh, who is uh, a black uh, ultra runner uh, from America. Many people will have heard of him. Um, he recently ran. Uh, uh, a fastest known time on the Ice Age Trail, which is like 1,400 miles long or something ridiculous like wow. that. Uh, really, really interesting guy. It's uh, a really great first episode, and we've got some really good guests lined up for our, our upcoming episodes as well. Uh, so I would encourage all people to uh, subscribe to that. It's available on Apple and all your regular podcast streaming services. Uh, so, yeah, and it features uh, Marcus Brown, who some people will know as Marathon Marcus. He has his own podcast, uh, but he's doing this one as well with a kind of rotating podcast. Uh, panel of other black trail runners co-founders uh so at some point i'll appear on it but uh, i haven't we're um, we're friends with uh, marcus actually he's a friend of the show we've been guests on each other's yeah. podcast who so is a top guy uh so we'll certainly have a listen to that and we'll put a link uh to that podcast in our show notes page which is uh, runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and if people want to catch up with you i know you're on instagram because i'm following you as runny sunny love it and yeah of, of course it's uh, black trail runners a rhyming name it helps <laughs> and of course it's black trail runners if people want to keep up with the awesome work that you're doing and last but not least what are you up to now in terms of training you're obviously off the back of an epic uh, weekend of running what's what's coming up f for you much this year i'm actually doing the centurion running 100 mile grand slam which is 400 mile races uh, normally it would be spread over sort of six or seven months uh, because of covid it's been compressed into only 13 weeks so i've done two of them so far uh, the last one was two and a bit weeks ago uh, i really shouldn't have done that run ultra uh, the ultra x run of the weekend that was very silly really um and the next one is the autumn 100 in three weeks time and then the south downs way 100 in the first week of november so um that's so what basically what i'm doing now is just resting as much as possible yeah it all sounds very tiring mate what i suggest is doing at least one of them on a quad bike It'd be <laughs> yeah easier. good idea I, I'll, I'll suggest that I'll, I'll check the rules and see whether that's allowed sonny keep doing your thing it's been an absolute pleasure speak soon yeah thanks very much guys loved it for the show notes and video content go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast and follow us on social media if you have a running question for me then it's hashtag askjake stuart has messaged in he wants to know what the difference is between flexibility and mobility Right, the clear and simple answer to this is flexibility is passive and mobility is active. So I'll give you an example. 
if you were to stand on one leg and let's say you stood on your left leg and you took your heel of your right leg and tried to pull it up to your bottom you'd effectively be stretching your quadriceps so the muscle on the front of your thigh that is flexibility that is passive because you're taking the ankle with your hand and pulling your heel assisting it up towards the bottom mobility however is active so if you were to stand on your left leg again and exactly the same you were to try and take your heel on your right leg up to your bottom but you weren't allowed to use your hand so you had to use your muscles just to lift your heel up to your bottom that is mobility flexibility is passive and mobility is active and there is a place for both I hope that helps. If you've got a question, it's hashtag AskJake. And of course, you can also drop us an email. It's podcast at runningwithjake.com. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Running With Jake podcast. We will, of course, be back here next week for another hit of your weekly dose of running motivation. Motivation is difficult. I know we're coming into the winter months. London Marathon is behind us. There's not many races on the horizon. But stay tuned, stay here, and we will do everything we can to get you fired up and get you out there. Have a great week. Speak to you all very soon. Oh. And one more thing. Don't count the days. Make the days count. I mean, come on, think. And on next week's episode of Running With Jake. We're speaking to Jez Allison. He's a self-confessed geek. I think I'm right in saying that. And he is known as the Running Stormtrooper. Yes, he runs everywhere, dressed, head to toe, as a stormtrooper. Running with Jake, the podcast. That's a wrap.